for worshiping with us, taking this time apart on a Sunday or whatever day you're tuning back into the service, but taking this time to focus in on God and focus in on what he has for our lives. I love these worship songs that remind me um, that in the storm, in the trouble, in the trial, that God is with you. I love the line this morning, and it reminded me of the line that says, prison walls cave in, <laughs> and just things that can fall apart at the, uh, at the name of Jesus or the presence of Jesus. So yeah. we just pray that over you and over your Come circumstances on, yeah. and situation today, that walls will cave in when Jesus is there. Things that were barriers, things that were restrictions, things that were blockages before will dissipate and disappear when Jesus steps into the room. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Hey, we are um, in a series uh, and we are, we're excited. I've got Pastor Dave with me. I'm Josiah, if I haven't uh, met you before. Um, and we both get, privilege, get the privilege of being pastors at the church. Yeah, it's yes. true, yeah. And get to um, talk about fun, difficult to topics. About different <laughs> topics. And we've been, uh, we're in week three on a series called Current Affairs, where we've been talking about hmm. um, different, uh, I guess, cultures or, or ideologies might be a better word, sure. um, that are around today and how they relate to the church. Because um, often new schools of thought or new um, ideologies may come around, and I know I find myself wondering how does this um, how does this relate or how does this uh, uh, mix with my belief and my understanding of who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, yeah, even that last song we were singing, it was a line just stuck out to me. You know, no matter what happens, I'm not going to bow to the world anymore. Right. And you know, that's I, I mean, it's not that we're anti-world. You know, no, I mean, we live in the world, yeah. but we do recognize that there are some philosophies and things that that surround us that that are sometimes are conflict with what the bible says and we Very just want to we want to talk about them because we want to you know where our allegiance is to god yeah above everything else so and even cool. in that right it's not it's not always uh it's not always that these things necessarily are in conflict but the question is are they in conflict right at what level are they in conflict are they not in conflict yeah. and how do i rectify those differences because so many things um can look so so many things can look like Jesus, and yeah. not be Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Even in the Bible, it talks about people who came after Jesus who were proclaiming to be Jesus. And Jesus wasn't the first person proclaiming to be the Messiah. No, no. Right? So, that's, that's where we get the term Antichrist, but I mean, I'm cautious using that term yeah, yeah, because course. it has all of its connotations, especially now, you know. Right, yeah. But. So anyways, uh, but before we get into current affairs, uh, this last week, obviously, there's been um, some new, uh, new evo- evolution, uh, if you will, of uh, uh, health restrictions yeah, an update. Um, and due to Tuesday the pandemic Wednesday. and whatnot. So we just wanted to address that quickly of how that relates to the church right now. So I just... Um, I know I don't know what your industry is it, that you're in at home, um, but if you're a part of a different industry, it all looks different. So let me just clarify for a moment. Because been, as churches, we've actually had very, very specific uh, we do. requirements that, yeah. that are different than everywhere else. Always different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, the number of times that I've read through pages of, of provincial... Uh, documents has right, been because way... your, your, your responsibility, your role is, is yeah. ma- managing services. So. Yeah, I don't really want to read those anymore. <laughs> Anyways, I just want to clarify. So at this, at this moment, public health restrictions have enabled us as a church to have outdoor services and indoor services up to 50 people. With However, here are the additional restrictions with yeah. that is there can only be one singer. Yeah. Um, one worship leader, no choirs. So we're not bringing our choirs back yet. No, no. Um, and, which, and, which in their terminology is, is basically anybody in the congregation well, can't yes, sing. Well, yes, it's yeah. faith-based gathering. So, um, and masks are required, but it, it, 
essentially no one else can sing except for the worship leader at the moment with the current health and pre-registrations pre-registrations everybody social distancing no pre post anything um but so at the moment although i I, i'm really big in reading like the covers of books and headlines (laughs) and not reading the bodies of things so i just want to clarify for some people if you've just read a headline that says churches are back they, this is somewhat true, but in the way of what we believe or what we really want to gather together around, one thing that we've found we really want to gather around is we, we want to, to gather around corporate worship, corporate worship, corporate worship and worship. community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and just so, that strong sense of being family. Yeah, of like Huge. hugging. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyways, so at the moment, those restrictions don't enable All the us. huggers need to type something yeah, into the yeah, chat right now that. and go, boo, you know, At the whatever. moment, those restrictions do not, it, do not provide uh, options that we think are It doesn't let us be the church that we are. Yeah, yes. are, are necessary for us right. at the moment. So yeah. I, I also want to sort of give you um, an idea of what we're looking kind at. In the next few months. Yeah, then, so yeah. we are going to continue this series we have in, on Father's Day. Uh, this series runs until the Sunday before Father's right. Day. Father's Day is... June 20th. And on June 20th, Pastor Dave, Pastor Kim are going to be together. Similar to Mother's Day, they're going to be doing a conversation on fatherhood, um, which will be terrific. Um, And then through the summer, we are going to be prioritizing as a church those two things that Rachel just put in the chat, corporate worship, community. So we don't have details exactly what that'll look like, but but listen in for us to be uh, announcing and communicating yeah. a lot of opportunities for us to gather together around food. So we're food, thinking like, yeah, food, barbecues. barbecues uh, worship nights yeah, or worship days. Maybe outdoors. Prayer, prayer yeah, gatherings. Prayer gatherings, yeah. Um, just, know, not, just not a regular style service Not like a regular before. in-person yeah. service. And mm-hmm. we actually have a really, really great idea. Um, I'm really excited about it. And maybe I'll, I'll briefly sure, g- sure. Go I'll announce it. it a little bit. Is um, for So after Father's Day, for all of the summer, we're doing a specific series. Um, <laughs> and we're calling it... Uh, well, now voices. if I now if I say it, that's what it's called, isn't it? We're calling it Voices and Stories, and it's going to be twenty services yeah. over ten weeks. So two services released Crazy, each week. Right. Um, we're calling them micro services because micro is a is a popular word in anything that you do these <laughs> days. Everything micro must they're, be better. They're micro bites, micro services, micro, micro services, yeah. um, and they're going to. So each service will be under 30 minutes and each service will have a different communicator. So there'll be 20 different communicators from across our church, um, which will be really exciting. Now, if you're listening to it, some people I've already, I have already reached out to. um, So I think I've got about eight people who are already confirmed, but there's a number of those. So I've seen a few people in the chat that I haven't reached out to yet, but are going to be reached (laughs) out to. Um, But we're really excited about that. Just you know what? As a regional and, church, and, and we're going to be releasing that twice a week. Yeah, so, so we, we're not just going to be a, like big thing going forward. Is we're not just we're not going to be a Sunday only church. Yeah, no, of course not. Um, now we don't know the details of that, so I'm always scared <laughs> when Pastor Dave says something. I'm like, that's not what we're talking about yet. We're, this is just this is hidden information. Um, yeah. But that's that's the intention on that, anyways. Um, is releasing that. Okay. Oh, what I was going to say is scrap as, what I said. As a regional church, I just. I just love the ability to see the church. Totally. Right. And and as in the history of our church, you know, this last year and a half is year and a half has been its own thing. Um, but we always are a regional church. And totally. we are always we are we are not called specifically to our communities exclusively. Right. We're called to, to our cities, we're called to our, our mm-hmm. communities, but our cities you know, there's people in our church who their city is West Kelowna, not totally. Kelowna. Yeah. There's people in our church who their city is well, this I, I mean, even this week, I mean, you know, we got a few people moving, buying houses, like, which is really cool. Yeah. Because I, I know at least two people in our church yeah. 
like this week, got their very, very first house. Right, Angel and Thomas. Angel and Tom. Angel and Tom Eve, here in Kelowna. Ethan and Jasmine. Ethan and Jasmine. And then, yeah. and then Wade and Kelly moved and out to Sikkimus. But there's, uh, you know, you know Wade's, on, Wade there, Wade's, right? Wade's on, online he's here. He's still part of our church, right? Of course, right? absolutely. In, in the region. So. And um, he's, he's the one doing the group hug. So. <laughs> he, asks, he, asks, he asks, did you feel the group hug? I felt it. Wade, I did I felt it. That's... <laughs> I feel, I feel loved, loved all the way from Sycamus. Anyways, I'm trying to think. Was, yeah, so I, I think this is going to be a great opportunity to see our church across the region. And, uh, and I'm really excited for what... Hannah said Nathan felt the love, too. So this is... That's big Wait, love. Wait, that is powerful. That's big, big love. Um, anyway, so we just wanted to give you a little bit of update about that. I'm yeah. sure we'll, we'll talk about that more and watch it. And we will, we will communicate that, uh, that out to you as much as possible. Um, oh yeah, and Curtis and Nicole, right? They, oh, they, they bought. They called, well, they, well, it's not it's not finalized yet, yeah. but they, the deal's all settled. <clears throat> the deal's settled, yes. So <laughs> they get they get they get possession of the home they currently that they live, live in, in. Yeah, which is cool. On the fifteenth of the month. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's their first house too. That's it. Yeah. So isn't that crazy? Like this is a market where everybody says you can't buy a house, or it's crazy, and yet people in our church rising up in faith buying houses. That's right. Awesome. Well, let's move directly on to our topic for today that we're going to talk about. Um, I am needing a break from the group. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's meaning her bubble at her house. Um, Anyway, so we're we're going to talk today about social justice in the church. Um, Now, I have to be honest, when when we talked about the topic and decided this was the topic that we're going to address during this series... Um, I really thought social justice was something different than it was. I've learned, right. I've learned a lot um, in, and I'm not even really the contributor. Really, this is just an opportunity for me to ask you questions and put you <laughs> on the spot. Ouch. Um, but I really thought social justice was the feeding of the poor, right? Um, you know, affordable housing. You just sure. talked about housing yeah. and those sort of issues, and it is, but it, yeah, it not it is. is. It isn't exclusively so. No. Maybe you want to give uh, <laughs> a synopsis to those listening of what, um, you know, what is social justice? What I, is it that I, we're talking I, about today? Yeah, isn't that good? Yeah, definitely put me on spot. It's, it's, I, I was listening to a guy, a uh, speaker the other day, Vody Bauckham, and uh, he, he, his message or his talk, I think it was a <clears> seminar, his talk was entitled Social Justice. He used the word, but it's not what you think it is. Mm, right, and uh, some it, some quote from some old movie called The Princess Bride. You uh, use this word, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's not the. He said it was a famous quote, but it's not a famous one. But anyway, <laughs> okay. uh, the famous one is anyway. We can go there. But it. So the whole thing with social justice is is um, social justice is is a bigger picture than what we would think of in terms of biblical justice. <clears throat> so uh, you know, when we're talking about social justice, it's it's. I'm. I'm having a hard time describing it in some ways because it, it flows into so many different areas. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've, if you've got an academic background or you're, uh, you know, cultural studies or any kind of like that, you'd, you'd know what I was talking about when I talk about critical theory, um, which would be kind of foundational to social justice. Um, you know, the whole, we're going to talk about this next week, woke, uh, yeah. the woke church, that's, that all plays into that. Uh, but social justice, in, uh, in just in a general sense, is the idea of, I would say this way is the idea of changing the system in order to uh, produce equitable outcomes. So the idea of, of changing the system, the, you know, all the systems, the, the government legislation, all that kind of thing, so that, uh, so that resources and opportunities are equally divided. Right. Uh, from a, 
you know, from a state or from a, you know, from a governmental perspective or a legislative perspective. It's the idea of, of rising up and getting things changed so that everybody gets the same opportunities, everybody gets the same, you know, wealth is redistributed, you know, on far extremes uh, and, you know, those kinds of things. But the emphasis really is on, is on this, this equitable redistribution of resources and opportunities and things along that line. Well, so, so if we're talking about the equalizing, so essentially, like that would be a similar term? Right. Or sure, yeah. I, you don't it, seem it, uh, like you agree with me. So, uh, the, the, so, much, so much with this stuff, and, and the reality is, this is the real thing in life, <laughs> is, is if, we're not, if we don't have a clear definition of what we're saying, of what the words mean, mm. we could think we're communicating about the same thing, yeah. and in fact we're not. You know, you're married, right? So, I mean, <laughs> yes, I'm married. Have you ever discovered? I have a wife. Have you ever discovered that some of the things you say don't your wife doesn't understand them the same? Uh, you, you don't have to answer that. And uh, you know, but when we have a conversation with people, uh, and and we use a term, and we assume everybody understands the term the same. So when you say you know equality, or you know, uh, which which word did you use again? I don't know. It was, I was just starting a question and now we've, we've taken <laughs> off on a work. Go back so, to it. Go back to um, it. Yeah. No, I, no. E- equalizing, I think is what equalizing, I said. Equalizing. Yeah. I, I, equalizing. Yeah. It's probably the right term, but it's, it's, it's basically <laughs> in terms of at, at the outcome of the, you know, changes, legislation, all that kind of stuff. Everybody has the same thing. You right. Know, so equal opportunity for all. Equal opportunity, equal finances, equal resources, right. all those kinds of things. So then that idea to me, because I think I, or, or the premise of this discussion is we want to we want to work out how do we as a church and Christians, which is the same, right? Right, church, Christians, Jesus followers, whatever you want right. to use. Sure. Um, how do we relate and respond to social justice? Is social justice movement that's something right. that's often been called the social justice movement? Is it something that we as a church are a part of? I, I think ensuring people have equal opportunity seems biblical. It does. It, it does. If it, as long as it doesn't, it doesn't overshadow um, a biblical, so a biblical understanding, uh, equal opportunity. The, the reality is people do not have equal opportunities because although we are all equally valued, we're made differently. Right. I mean, it's not just a matter of, you know, uh, gender differences or, or um, you know, height differences and, and size differences. It's not just about that. We, we have different, unique makeup. Part of, the, part of the biblical understanding of humanity is that we are unique. Each of us are created in the image of God, but we're all unique individuals. Hmm. When you look at Paul's um, writing about the church, he, he talks about each person has a different gift. Each person has a different um, contribution to make. And so if, if, if we're not careful, part of what the social justice message is, is like everybody has the same opportunity, so we should all be allowed to do the same thing. But the end result of some of that is we end up people in the wrong places, hmm. doing things they were never designed to do, never intended to do. And so the biblical, the biblical perspective on that, that I think is really important in, in, in clarifying, the biblical perspective is that, is that we are all equal value that we don't talk about equal opportunity. The Bible doesn't talk about equal opportunity. Right. Well, you know, you can take the perfect example of the parable of the talents. Parable of the talents. It, it they doesn't. did not get equal opportunity. Well, no, and, one and gets five, one gets three, one gets two. Exactly. And so, you know, here, here's, here's, and I, I'm going to say this carefully because, or, or, or I want to be important, is there's so much stuff that, that is 
lumped under and that comes under the, the umbrella of, of social justice that in terms of actions are great, mm. are really important, you know, right. caring for homelessness, yeah. uh, feeding the poor. Paul said, he said, I, you know, we need to feed the poor. We yeah. need to do that. Yeah. Um, which in a sense could be described as, as redistribution of wealth. Right. Uh, you know, that word is scary when we say it, but caring for the poor. We, as believers, we have a responsibility to do that. One of the stories that I think is, uh, Old Testament stories that I think is really, really uh, important is the story of Boaz. Um, so in the Old Testament, there's this woman named Ruth, and uh, she's not a, a Jewish uh, woman. She's a Moabite, a different nation, but she'd married a Jewish man in Moab. He dies his brother dies, his father dies, they're all kind of living together, and the mother, her mother-in-law says, I'm going to go back to Israel. You guys stay here, get married again, you know, your moment. And she chooses to go back, go to Israel with her mother-in-law as an act of love. But when she gets there, uh, there's, this, there's this really interesting ham. You, you, if, you, if you don't know the background, you don't see the story. But she's, um, what she does as a, she's a poor woman, right. like they have nothing. And so what she does, because the Bible had all, has all these provisions for caring for the poor. It has all these provisions for providing justice that we just don't even think about. So she's, she goes out into the fields. So it's an agricultural society. Yeah. And, and in the fields, biblical law says that, that if you owned a field, all fields were square. Right. Or, or they had corners. You were not permitted to harvest into the corner. Right. Okay, it was against biblical law to go into the corner. You had to leave part of those corners for somebody to come along and gather the wheat who didn't have anything. Like there was a provision in there to care for the poor. Mm -hmm. And so she goes in there and she gathers doing that. And she's diligent. And, and her, her uh, benefactor, Boaz, essentially says, notices how hardworking she is and diligent. She's still poor. Yeah. And she's still being provided for. But there's this incredible partnership of of I'm, I'm doing my part and biblical Christianity is doing their part and together we're, 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 we're preserving respect and we're preserving identity and, and yet people are able to be provided for in that. And he says, to, so he says to his uh, harvesters, he says, okay, don't just chase her into the corner. Actually leave some stuff on the ground for her. Like just don't collect all the mm -hmm. grain so that she can pick it up. And, and, and to me, that's just this incredible biblical um, example of, of biblical justice, of biblical caring for the poor. It's, it's, it's this really in, uh, awesome interaction. But, part, but so much of that is actually part of the Bible's legislation, to how to care for the poor and how to, how to make sure people have everything. The Israelites, they, they were required to make sure that, that no Israelite essentially ended up in, in a permanent state of enslavement. Hmm. That, that they had to release it. Like the whole Bible is so full of what people have said, social justice, but it's not changing the system. It's changing people's hearts. So that's a great example of a, a biblical Old Testament story of provision for the poor. So then if we were to look at that this day and age, take that same idea, yeah. providing for the poor, sure. what is the church's responsibility in providing for the poor? Now we live in a, a, a society... Canadian society totally. that is, um, I guess, socialist government. Would that be like leaning socialism? I, I, yeah, in reality, I'm not a government I, I, people, person. People, people so. don't like saying that. People don't like saying that. But yeah, yeah, our, our government is is a socially leaning. Our 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 culture is that way. Yeah. Right. So, generally speaking, in our country, government cares for 
X, Y, Z. Right. Yeah. No, right? No. We, we generally have government cares for the poor. Government cares for the homeless. Government cares for those without work. Government yeah. cares for that. So what is, what's the church's role in that? So, so, so let, me, let me dissect that a little bit farther. Sure. In, instead of saying what's the church's role, what's a believer's role? As opposed to, you know, because the church, again, when we look at the church, we look at the organization. Right. So what's the organization's role? Because that would be a natural Canadian response. Yeah, well, it's nice because then it makes it someone else's fault. <laughs> well, that's, no, 100%. That's exactly, the, that's exactly where the issue lies. Is, and and that's where, that's where the, the social justice term comes in. It makes it the institution's fault. It makes it the institution's responsibility. So my responsibility is not to be just. My responsibility is to change the system and make the system just right. in, in a social justice system. But, but reality, the biblical, the biblical message is that my heart needs to be moved. How many times in the New Testament did you see Jesus look at people and say, uh, and, and you see the commentator, whoever's writing, say, and he was moved with compassion. Yeah. Right? The, the biblical justice requires me to be moved with compassion and not to be separated. I, I think the thing is, so coming back to what you're saying, we live in a, in a country specifically that that we do. We, we expect the government to do stuff for us. Right. You know, we have this social safety net and all the rest of that. And, and so some ways uh, in the church, we've allowed in Canadian, and, and you know, I just talk about Canada, a lot of our information comes from the States, but um, in Canada, I think we've allowed the same mentality to come into our lives as individual believers, hmm. that instead of saying, as a believer, I need to be moved with compassion to see injustice, to see the pain of other people, and we go, oh, what's the church doing about it? Right. Because we shift it to an organization, we shift it up just because that's what we do as Canadians. Yeah. But biblical, uh, but the biblical response is to hear what's in my heart, and and then you might say, so I, I see, you know, I see a need or I see um, something that that needs to be addressed. You know, I want to help somebody. You might in, engage other people and say, would you do this with me? But it yeah. comes from a heart motivation that my heart is moved. Um, God does, doesn't want us hiding behind legislation. Right. And, and I think that's, gosh, it's, it's easy to say, you know, the system's broken. Mm. It's a lot harder to say my heart's not right. And, and, and that's where the core of it is to me with, with biblical justice, is if I'm not feeling something, my heart's not right. And because I want my heart to break with the things that breaks God's heart. Because mm. that's, where, that's where biblical compassion and justice comes from. That's great. <laughs> hey, if you're watching online and, uh, you know, today live, just you got questions or thoughts. Because... Just shoot them into the chat. We're, we're seeing them here, but we're seeing them just, you know, maybe a few seconds later, half a minute later. But, uh, you know, I think one of the things that part of the reason why we're doing these conversations is because we want to actually answer questions that, that people in our church and our world are asking. Mm -hmm. And, and how, do we, how do we do this? So, uh, you know, I think that's really important. So shout, you know, shoot your questions in there. Uh, really, really, uh, really, really valuable to us. We want to answer those questions. So you've talked about um, individual responsibility, which sure. uh, I, I think makes sense, taking the individual responsibility that actually not, it's not just about 
um, an organization caring for the poor or, right. or any of this. Now, social justice, uh, you know, we're using the example at the moment because of Boaz and Ruth of the poor, but that's not exclusively example. Um, now, so are you, are you saying there's no role for the institution of the church in that? No, that's all. And, and I see Rachel's <laughs> got a comment on there, which is good. Um, so who's the church? Uh, it's, it's, it's a matter of order. Okay. It's, to me, it's a matter of order. See, a lot of times we end up with the same actions, but with a different motivation. Okay. Um, and so when, when the motivation comes from an individual perspective, that's a biblical thing. So, um, you know, I think one of the things that... I, I think it's a fault in, in our society, and I think a lot of times in churches, we try to change, we try to change rules instead of changing hearts. And that, the Old Testament is about rules, Right. New Testament is about hearts. Yeah. And, and that's far where it harder, changes. Far harder to measure. Way harder to heart, right? So, so God shifts the responsibility, and, and basically Paul describes and says, you know, these rules, all they did is demonstrate what was actually in our heart. Yeah. So let's go back to the heart issue. So the heart issue, so it starts in an individual heart issue. So the role of the church is we, we as individuals begin to feel this compassion and stuff, and then the, the, the church as a family okay, supports it. And we do this together. But if it, it can't start at the organizational level. Right. And, and I think that's the thing I'm trying to say is that, is that um, justice or this sense of biblical justice, it doesn't start at an organizational level. It starts as an individual heart level. Right. And then it becomes a church thing rather, yeah. than, rather than church thing becoming an, finally becoming an individual thing. Right. Yeah, the church is, what the church is doing is what the believers are doing, but what I'm saying, but what I'm trying to say is that it doesn't start with, okay, as a church, this is what we're doing. What it starts with is, as an individual, God's touching my heart. Yeah. Is he touching your heart too? Let's do this together. Yeah. Right, so that becomes the very I relational. An, an interesting note, you've used the word a few times referencing Jesus about compassion, and you know, this is maybe 10 years ago, I did a study on the words compassion, empathy, and sympathy, right? Just because you were trying to find out if you had any. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Later, later years, I discovered. You know, you said I'm married, so later years, I discovered I don't. Um, but uh, interesting thing about the word compassion, which is always the use the word that is used about Jesus. Always. It's never sympathy, and it's never empathy. No. And the difference between empathy, like empathy and sympathy, uh, we can we can move those aside because they're similar yeah. at the moment. Yeah. But the difference between compassion from empathy and sympathy is compassion always requires action. Yeah. Yeah. Empathy and sympathy are emotions, and compassion is the action caused by the emotion. I feel for you. It means nothing. Well, not from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's an empathetic response, right? It's, it's right. Uh, yeah, I feel for you. Yeah. But compassion means uh, I have compassion. Jesus was moved with compassion. Well, it's, it is, is it Paul who says that? Like, Paul talks about, like, don't, don't just see a brother who has no clothes and say, oh, I'll pray for you. Yeah, that's right. Like, Give them a jacket. Empathy, yeah, and, 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 right. And so biblical, biblical, you know, justice, biblical compassion requires action. Right. You know, like, like you said about Jesus, the, the, the context, biblical context is almost always when he talks about his compassion, Jesus was moved with compassion. Yeah. It wasn't, I felt compassionate. <clears throat> he was moved with compassion. He looked on the people and he's like, he's moving. He says, you know, like over and over, they're like sheep without a shepherd. I got to do something. Yeah. I'm doing something. It's moving. And yeah. so... That's just a, a big thing. But, but again, it's, 
it's part of where the focus goes. And this is why you know, I just keep coming back to social justice, because that's our title. That The social justice moniker doesn't always mean what we think it is, because social justice is, is primarily concerned about changing the system. Hmm. But God's concerned about changing our heart. Right. And, and so biblical justice is, is this heart movement, this movement of our heart that, that we do stuff because God's moving our heart. You know, like, uh, you know, I get my hair cut on, uh, just off Leon in Kelowna. So for those of you who don't live in Kelowna, uh, Leon is, is kind of a primary area in our, in our city where there's a lot of homelessness demonstrated. Right. And, you know, you can't drive there. You can't go there without seeing something. And, and just being moved, you know, feeling something. But just feeling something doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, like we have people, you know, in our church who, who've made it a, because they've seen that and they felt that, they've made it their mission to just go and, you know, bring coffee, bring hot chocolate, you know, do things, bring mittens, uh, you know, socks, all those kinds of things, because it's the action. That's biblical justice. Right. I was moved in my heart. I began to do this. Now, that doesn't mean we don't need to, to address some of the legislation. Some, you know, we, you know we've, we've done our best as a church to try to be part of um, you know, the, the strategies here in Kelowna in terms of dealing with homelessness in, in the ways we can, because there's, sure, there's some legislation, there's laws, there's things like that. But, but it's where it primarily focuses on is this individual heart, heart movement towards doing something. See, if... If we could, if God would, if we would allow God to touch our hearts, the laws would get changed. Hmm. Because the laws would reflect what we're doing. Right. Right. When we're trying to change the laws as the first thing, you know, change the system as the first thing, changing the system never changes the heart. Yeah, no, that's true. Right. Yeah. And, and so that's, that's why talk, when we talk, talk about to all those speed, all those speeding on the roads, that law might say a hundred, but yeah. I feel 110 yeah. right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I don't know. That example. Yeah. Well, I go to the speed maybe, limit. Yeah. So. <laughs> I do set the cruise control. I don't know how, I don't know how many times I'm driving the road and saying, I am doing, you know, 65 kilometers, you know, whatever, you know, the speed limit is and, I, and everybody's going past me, you know, and I said, well, look at my, I'm doing the speed limit. Everybody's going past me. And, I, and she's saying, you're going too slow. Yeah, anyway. That happened to me recently. Yeah. <laughs> I was not moved with compassion. <laughs> so um, so uh, I have seen in the last year, probably plus, um, you know, uh, yeah, years plus, like churches that are involved highly in social justice. Sure. Um, and when you mean social justice, you mean? I guess I mean care, I mean caring. Um, uh, what else would we call it? Charitable. Charitable acts. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that word, but yeah, that, that sure. sort of idea, those sort of things. Um, now, they, those organizations look very similar to other organizations, right? right? Um, what is the differentiating factor then between, because what you're saying is, okay, I, I know we've talked about the heart value, the heart versus the organization. We've talked about, um, you know, I, I think we can clearly state that in the Bible we're, we're called to care for justice. Right, sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and in all honesty, I mean, we've had, you know, we've given ourselves <clears throat> like 35 minutes to talk about a subject that really is so much broader than that. Yeah, but we got enough time. So. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Um, but then, so I, I guess I'm I'm trying to see where the danger is, or or where, um, 
I guess where are still, it's still the same question. It's where our responsibility as a church is in that it, separate from the organization. And maybe it's, maybe it's a better clarification of what is the responsibility of the church full stop. Because mm. so often churches can become homeless shelters. Sure. And or churchless can yeah. become food banks. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess that, to me that comes back to the big question is what makes the church the church. Right. Not you know, the, the Elks Club or the Rotary Club, yeah. you know, which are certainly very involved in providing stuff like that. What makes the church the church? Well, the, the, first of all, the church is the church because the church is a place where we become reconciled to God. Right. And, and at the very core of all of that has to be our, our mission is to reconcile people to God. And in reconciling people to God, all these other things mm. become, you know, so... If, 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 you know, this, this, is, this is not going to great, you know, this isn't going to sit well with everybody when I say this, but if, if as a church our first priority is not to reconcile people to God and it gets somehow misdirected so our first priority feels like it should be taking care of the poor, mm-hmm. we've actually not a church anymore. Right. So our first priority, because everything else has to flow from being reconciled to God, because ultimately we believe that God created us to be reconciled with Him, to live in communion with Him. Mm-hmm. And so if that piece doesn't happen first, all of the rest of that is just kind of pointless. Mm. So that, that becomes the, the main issue. Okay, are we allowing ourselves to become a social organization that's only involved with social stuff? Mm-hmm. Or are we primarily everything we do out of the fundamental motivation is we're just trying to get people to a place where they can be reconciled with God. Because mm-hmm. once they're reconciled with God, then the rest of the stuff is gravy, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense. And and just being reconciled with God and just and just keeping that that focus. So as a church, that I, I think that's the primary differentiator. Mm-hmm. Is that is that we're about helping people get reconciled to Christ, get mm-hmm. reconciled to God, because in that reconciliation, in that relationship with God, I, great, you know, I, I mean, and, and again, you know, I'm, I don't want to grate or, or rub people the wrong way, but great, we can give somebody a temporary home, but if they're not reconciled to God, what was the point? Mm. Like, at the end of the day, what was the point? Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a temporary solution. And, and we're here because... And, and the church is unique in, in the sense that we, we carry the answer to the big question. What's my purpose in life? All of the rest of that stuff. And why was I created? It's because God made me. And, and you know, there's a term, it's a Latin term that, that gets used, thrown around. It's a, bit of a theological term, <clears throat> imago dia, dio. Which is image of God, which is the understanding that all humanity is created in the image of God. So there's this equality built into the system. Mm-hmm. In God's eyes, we're all equal. The, the issue is not our equality. The issue is always relationship. And you know, I think I said a couple of weeks ago, we're just always going to keep coming back to relationship. Mm-hmm. The, the point of the church is to is to um, help people get into relationship with God, and then outside of that, then in that context, then we we meet physical needs, we meet spiritual needs, or we meet uh, mental, emotional, all those kinds of needs. Keeping in mind that the, the most important thing that we do is we help people get 
reconciled to God, and then the rest that falls out from that. That's the heart thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's when our heart gets right. You know, um, I, I want to be doing the things that God does. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be doing the. Uh, I want to be doing the things that God law commands. I want to be doing those kinds of things. And when I do those, I'm, you know, I'm going to do that, but reconcile to God. I guess in some ways what you're concluding in, uh, which I understand is, is when you're talked about um, social justice being about changing the system, um, biblical justice being about changing the individual. One of the primary differences, I guess, in that is also um, the, the marker of what justice is. Right, so by changing the individual, the individual change comes from a recognition of Jesus, God, having the definition and understanding of what justice is. So it's his transformation of me that helps me understand where I need to proclaim justice versus a system telling me what justice sure. is or not. Yeah, totally, yeah. And you know, I mean, as, as believers, our, our allegiance is not to a system, our allegiance is to God. Right. Right, so, um, you know, instead of going, saying, what's, what's, you know, this is, this week is the, you know, one year anniversary of George Ferguson's murder. George Floyd. Or George Floyd's murder. Yep. George Ferguson, different guy. And um, George Floyd's murder. You know, so it's, it's, a, it's a relevant contemporary issue. And, yeah. and the temptation would be for us to run after that. Right. And that's not to say it's not important, but, but we are dealing with an unchangeable God and an, an eternal law that God has, you know, laid out that we, 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 um, you know, we compare ourselves to that or we, we align ourselves with that, those other things will happen, but as long as we keep aligning ourselves with that, otherwise we end up just flipping from issue to issue to issue because we're looking at the system. Mm. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I'm 58, and in 58 years I've seen so many different things become the priority around us. Right. But the reality is God's priority hasn't changed. God's priority is to be reconciled with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a question on there just to... Um, can, how can, or the question is, can people hear the truth and feel the love of God if their basic human needs are not being met? Uh, uh, can they? Uh, yeah, I, I just so many things in my head just to that question is because, you know, we live in, we live in the Western world. We live in, we live in a country that, that has a safety net for pretty much everything. And, and I think the, the, the question is, is, is a good question, um, but it's a question that needs, in my mind, needs to be kind of applied on a uh, global basis, not a local basis. Mm. Um, there are certainly people in the world that are not, um, don't have the basic human needs met, and there's no resource for them to do that. And in those cases, many, many times, church has stepped in and have said, hey, we we know you can't hear the love of God because I'm not showing you the love of God right now mm. um, by providing. And, you know, and so the thing is even, you know, where we start off with that example of Boaz, Boaz showed the love of God, which opened up a doorway. Mm-hmm. His, pri- his reason for showing the love of God was his allegiance to God. Mm. Right. So when we, so, so the question in, in, in its very simplest form is, I don't think people can hear the truth of God and feel the love of God if their basic human needs aren't met. But if we are living according to the law of God, we're treating people with respect, we're treating people with dignity, because mm-hmm. we understand, you know, I mean, whether you're, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, you're still created in the image of God. So I'm treating you with respect, I'm treating you with dignity, I'm making sure it's taken care of. That doesn't, that doesn't mean 
um, you know, that I'm preaching the gospel to you before anything else. But my motivation is I want you to be reconciled for, to God because you're made in the image of God. Help him take care of you, take, mm -hmm. doing those things. And, and in that, I'm still saying, you know, reconciled to God. Well, it's, it's, I guess when I'm hearing this said back to me, um, I hear it as, yes, okay, you know, talking about the basic needs of people. Um, often social justice just doesn't, social justice movement doesn't necessarily see reconciliation, recon, or doesn't necessarily see reconciliation to God as a basic need. And that's primary well, difference. Not, not, it, it does not see that as a need. Right. So, in, in fact, most social justice sees the church as, as in opposition to social justice. Right. And we are, what we say is, these needs are, are, need to be filled, yes, um, but let us not neglect the most important right. need above all of those sort of things um, on top of that. Um, yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? I think we're, we're, we're right out of time. Uh, I just, you took up too much time. So. I did. I, I just feel, you know, it's such a huge topic. And um, I, I really feel like it's, it's, just, it's like we just don't have enough time to do it justice. Yeah. Do the topic justice, let alone social justice. Yeah. Um, the, the thing, I, I think the thing I just say is that, um, you know, summing things up is that God wants, you know, when we, when we keep moving towards God as believers, we keep moving towards God as we keep pushing into God, God's going to move our heart towards other people. Mm. And, and so if we just keep doing that, we will move towards other people. We will, we will meet the needs of the poor. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll supply homes to the homeless. You know, we've been involved in that as church over the years, you know, all those kinds of things. And, um, but the key thing is, is we move into God's hearts. We keep aligning ourselves with God's heart then we do those things, not, mm. not aligning ourselves with the social justice agenda. We're aligning ourselves with God's agenda and then working out of that. It's, it's, again, it's just a matter of getting the right order of things. Right. So much, can, so much can look the same and be so different foundationally. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, uh, I think you and I earlier today we were talking, I said, we can have the same actions with the totally different motivations. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, the motivation matters. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the simple illustration we use is, I mean, I've been, I'm fairly conscious about my health and my weight and, and body composition, stuff like that, so I weigh myself every day. But I don't have a self-image issue, and I'm not anorexic, and I don't believe it. But other people might do the same actions, but the motivation is lack of self-esteem, or and so they're doing it. Well, the outcomes are wrong, hmm. even though the action's the same. Right. And, and so we want to keep our actions right. Motivation's right. Heart motivations, heart motivation, heart motivation, heart motivation. I'm moved by a heart. I think a lot of the social justice movement is is uh, is moved by anger, mm. and um, it's moved by anger, uh, anger at injustice. Where God was moved by love for people. Mm. So we got to love people. That was a great way to sort of close that thought. Well, thank you for joining us today, Thanks, guys. Um, as we talk social justice in the church next week. We're talking woke culture and the church. Wow. Yeah, you heard that again. Woke, 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 woke culture and the church. Um, but today is uh, uh, the final Sunday of May. Is that the month? We're it in? is May. We're in May. So we're going to have 
corporate so right prayer. after this, we're going to have prayer. corporate prayer on Zoom. So you Zoom. can join uh, right after we close this. There will be there uh, that meeting ID will be back right up now. so you can join us. And I'll be there just in a moment as I you know, jump out of this room and jump into another room. We'll do that. And next week is the first Sunday of the month where we're going to be taking communion together communion. Uh, on Zoom after the service as well. So yeah. uh, you know, prepare for that, plan for that. After our woke conversation, then we will <laughs> then have our communion together. Uh, yeah. But we're excited to pray with you. Um, pray together shortly here, um, and uh, we love it. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for letting us uh, have the conversation. Um, I think as a church, we want to have conversations that are relevant, even if they're not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun. It's good. <laughs> good. All right, we love you, church. Thank you. Love See you, you guys. Soon. See you soon. A few minutes. <laughs>